0: hello and welcome to the fun kids bookworms podcast my name is bex and i love books and this week we'll be telling you about some amazing brand new books that are coming out and we have a very special guest as well right now we're gonna find out what it's like to be a former children's laureate and to write lots of amazing books because we are chatting to superstar of the literary world it's michael rosen now I have heard about your newest book, Rigatoni, the Pasta Cat, and I'm intrigued. What on earth is going on in this new story you've got for us?
1: Well, we have a cat who happens to have the name, uh, which is also the name of a kind of pasta. So he's called Rigatoni, and he loves pasta. Don't we all? And he loves pasta. He loves all kinds of different pastas uh so not just spaghetti but quite a few others as we'll hear later and he's got two lovely people who look after him but they have to go away it sometimes happens and uh, when they go away they forget to tell the boy who's come to look after rigatoni that he likes pasta instead he just turns up with the ordinary cat food that he has which is called good muse see what i did there okay and um Well, Rigatoni doesn't dislike it, but he doesn't like it very much either. So a crisis starts developing. What is Rigatoni going to do? How is he going to get the pasta that he loves? I'll leave you with that problem.
0: Now, have you had real-life experience from this? Do you have a cat who only eats pasta?
1: No, but what I do have real-life experience of is sitting in hospital and hoping, dreaming, wishing, longing that someone would bring me some hummus.
0: Hummus, really? There
1: is an alternative book which would be called Michael Rosen, the Hummus Man. But in fact, it's come out as Rigatoni, the pasta cat.
0: I think I speak for everybody when I say it, we would read that hummus book, like 100%. I am there for a Michael Rosen hummus book. Uh, now, I did, I did read a little bit about this. Was this when you were um, recovering from COVID? Is that
1: right when you were in hospital? That's right. Um, if I can put this nicely, uh, I went to sleep for 40 days and 40 nights. It's very, very biblical. Um, uh, they, they give you special things to make you go to sleep. And then when you're asleep, they hope you'll get better. There's not much they can do. They just sit there hoping that you're, so, you're doing so little that your body will concentrate on getting better. And I did. So they woke me up. It wasn't very easy, but they did try to wake me up. They got my wife in to help wake me up. Wake up, Michael. Wake up. (laughs) No, I like being asleep. Anyway, so they woke me up. And then I was just lying in the bed because I couldn't stand up and I couldn't walk. These are things that I've had to learn how to do. And so while I was lying there, I dreamed up Rigatoni the pasta cat, a cat that would love pasta and couldn't get it. So I dreamt it up. So now you've got to go on another month uh, or more. Yeah, it's just about a month. And I come home and then I sit at the computer and I think, what am I going to do now that I can't really walk very well? Um, I know. Wasn't there that thing I used to do? Didn't I used to write stories and poems? Yeah. Can I think of one? Um, Rigatoni, the pasta cat. I dreamt up that story, didn't I? I'll write it. And so I did.
0: Oh, my goodness. What was it like going back to writing? Was it kind of, a, did it feel uh, refreshing and kind of exciting to be able to get back into it again? Or was it hard to get back into the mindset?
1: No, it was lovely. It was all that you said first. Yes, it was uh, It was exciting. It was fun. It was challenging. Um, and also, of course, I could write about the things that had happened to me. So though Rigatoni the Pasta Cat is sort of, as I've said, Michael Rosen the Hummus Man, but um, the the poems that I wrote were more about, what happened to me? How did that happen? Who ca- what was that thing where I, I learned I was sitting in the gym and I had that conversation? Or what was that conversation I had with the doctor? And why did they say that about me? All those kinds of questions, which, you know, happen to all of us. You know, why did that happen? Why did so-and-so say that to me? Was that meant to be nice or was that hurtful? So you can write these things down. And it's a great relief If you can imagine that your brain is like a balloon and there's air in it and the the air is pushing against the balloon so much that the skin of the balloon is actually hurting a bit. And then when you pop the balloon, then it just relaxes. Well, it's a little bit like that with writing. When you write, you pop the balloon of your head and it goes (laughs) onto the page. And then you feel relaxed. You're as relaxed as a burst balloon.
0: Well, I imagine it's a thing of like keeping stuff in your head all the time, isn't it? And then suddenly when you get a chance, it's almost cathartic getting it out on a piece of paper and just writing it out and getting it from one place to another.
1: Yes. And then you can see it. So I sometimes think of the page as your friend. You put things on a page. It doesn't laugh at you. It doesn't mock you. It is not angry with you. It doesn't answer you back. It doesn't argue with you. It's your friend. And so the friend just listens, the piece of paper just listens to you. So you write down something that a nurse said, like, let's say a nurse said, Well, what are you in here for? Mate, this seems a very ordinary thing to say. And then you think, Well, if you don't know what I'm in here for and I don't know, then we're both in trouble, aren't we? <laughs> so you scribble that down. Do you see? Yeah. You write it down on a piece of paper. You write down the conversation. You look at it and think, Have I said all that I want to say there? Maybe I'll add a bit. No. Yes, yes, I will. You play with it, you see. Uh, And you can play with it in all sorts of ways. You can start adding flowery language if you like flowery language. You could add rhymes if you like rhymes. Or you can leave it very kind of spare, as it's called, very sort of bald. And that's how I like it. And that's how I write it. So that's how I wrote my book, Many Different Kinds of Love, which is about what happened to me in 2020.
0: Uh, now, you also mentioned Tony Ross there. Like, what a joyous illustrator. Well, you must have been so chuffed that he was on board with your work as well and was joining in on Rigatoni.
1: Yes, well, we've done a whole series together. Hamster the Hamster, Fluff the Farting Fish, <laughs> Bilal's Brilliant Bee, Don't Forget Tigs, Barking for Bagels, Choosing Crumble. Burping Bertha. So anyway, Tony and I have done a variety of books. We've also done a book that's a sort of update of Macbeth, which is sort of set in a uh, a boys' football team, which is called Macbeth United.
0: Oh, wow, so I didn't know like that.
1: that. That's cool. Yeah, and we also did a book which is like an update of Oliver Twist, which is called Unexpected Twist. Thank you. I'm glad you like these titles. There we go. So, we've done quite a few books together, Tony and I. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean,
0: he's a. he must be a very in demand illustrator. As you are in demand writer, do you have to, do you find time together? Like, how do you actually kind of schedule up your diaries?
1: We do meet just occasionally, uh, usually socially or a planning meeting of some sort or another. And uh, I love him dearly. He's a very, very funny guy. And uh, I'm just quite happy to sit and listen to him talking because he always has the most incredible stories. Um, about where he lives, which I don't really even understand where he lives, but it's somewhere in the middle of England. And then he starts suddenly saying, well, yes, um, we've got a horse. And you go, what? Where's the horse? Or he'll say, you know, things like, yeah, so-and-so came to stay and then um, he wouldn't leave. So I go, well, what do you mean he wouldn't leave? Well, we asked him to leave and he didn't. And then he'll tell you another whole crazy story. So you may think somehow or other, you know, he's the illustrator, so he just sits there drawing and Michael Rosen goes, gab, 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 talk, talk, talk. Not at all. He sits there talking and I'm just going, no, that's so funny, that's so brilliant. Do some more, tell some more. So I love Tony's stories. I love them.
0: Well, I was going to say, he he might be inadvertently inspiring you to write your own books. He doesn't realise he might become your muse.
1: Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah, I'll tell him that next time, yeah. Uh,
0: Now, before I let you go, I would love to get a little reading of Rigatoni the Pasta Cat, if that's okay.
1: Chapter one. By the way, we've got a warning. Please do not feed your cat pasta. It's only for cats in stories. Okay. chapter one. Rigatoni loved pasta. Rigatoni was a cat. Rigatoni was a cat who loved pasta. He loved spaghetti. He loved penne. He loved fusilli. He loved linguine. He loved zitti. He loved vermicelli. Rigatoni loved pasta. Pasta. He loved any kind of pasta, no matter how it was served up. With pesto, in soup, in lasagna, in cannelloni, with tomato sauce, any whichever way he got it. Rigatoni was very lucky. He was looked after by Ruth and Tina. They made sure that Rigatoni got some spaghetti, penne, fusilli, linguini, zitti or vermicelli every day. At least once every day, if by some tiny chance. Come five o'clock, Ruth or Tina hadn't remembered Rigatoni's pasta. Rigatoni had a special pasta meow to remind them. It was longer and deeper as if he was saying, Pasta meow. And when Rigatoni said, Pasta meow, either Ruth or Tina jumped to it and quickly put some pasta on the stove. Then, when they dished it up in Rigatoni's special pasta dish, they would listen to Rigatoni making noises that meant he was loving it. Pasta. <makes noise> this is how it was day after day in Rigatoni's home and his favorite place on the cushion on the sofa until, until, until what? Until one day, Ruth and Tina had to go away. Oh, no. And that's the end of chapter one. What is going to happen next?
0: (gasps) Cliff, i need to leave it on. That was so good. Um, Before I let you go, Michael, I have to ask the obvious question. What is your favourite pasta?
1: Mine is fusilli because with fusilli, you've got these little, almost like the canals all the way around them. And so whatever sauce that you like best, Pesto, or sort of cheesy and butter, or carbonara, or a tomato sauce—whatever you like most—it sort of sits inside the pasta. So when you chew each piece of fusilli, you get a mm, uh, You get the sauce in with it, rather than sort of sitting on it and sliding off it, like you maybe get with the penne that isn't penne rigate. Penne rigate is the ridged penne. So for me, fusilli number one. Thank you very much.
0: I love that you've done like pasta research on this and you have made me so hungry right now, Michael. So hungry.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And uh, fusilli, I'd recommend it always, always. And also the slight problem with the farfalle one is that the little knot in the middle, that's the one that looks like a butterfly, that the little knot in the middle is sometimes a little bit undercooked. So it's just sometimes, I mean, you know, al dente is the description Italians give for it being a little bit chewy. But if it's too chewy, it's like each one you have has got a little bit of grit in it. That's badly cooked. No Italian would ever do that. Uh, So, you know, sometimes I think Farfalle, no, thank you. Fusilli, yes, please.
0: (laughs) I assume you did lots of researching and taste testing to make sure this book was accurate.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for telling us about Rigatoni, the pasta cat. And I believe the book is out right now, so everybody should go and grab it
1: as much as they can. It is. And for anyone taking a picture of me now, obviously radio is not very visual, but if by chance anybody's taking a picture, here is my head with my glasses and my haircut. I had a haircut the other day. And uh, you always have to do what your wife says, you know. And, and here is the Rigatoni, the pasta cat, by Michael Rosen, illustrated by Tony, Tony, Tony Ross.
0: Okay, thank you so much to Michael Rosen for that. What a legend and can you imagine writing a book about a cat who loves pasta? I mean, what an imagination he has and also big thank you to him for the reading as well. Now, before I let you go, I've got to tell you about our brilliant new books that we've been hearing all about this week. So there's a new book out from Lucy Hawking, daughter of Stephen Hawking. It's called Princess Olivia Investigates the Wrong Weather and it's all about the kingdom of Ales deciding it doesn't want a royal family anymore. Princess Olivia is delighted She never really liked princess lessons anyway, but she's unprepared for the world that awaits her. Dark clouds hang low, rivers are choked with rubbish, and there's nothing terribly wrong with the weather... Or is there? Olivia sets out to solve the mystery of this sudden climate destruction and save her city once and for all. Sounds like a pretty cool spin on a, a big climate change story, I imagine. Uh, the next one is The Boy Who Grew a Tree by Polly Ho Hen. It's from the critically acclaimed author of The Boy in the Tower. And it's a lovely tale about nature and libraries. Pretty awesome, right? Uh, in it, you've got nature-loving Timmy is unsettled by the arrival of a new sibling and turns to tenting a tree growing in his local library but there's something magical about the tree and it is growing fast while the library Is set to close. Can Timmy save both the library and his tree at the same time? This is a beautiful book and it is full of amazing illustrations as well by so young Kim McCarthy. So go and check it out. Uh, So thank you so much. That is pretty much it for today's Bookworms podcast. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you tell your friends about it, you like, subscribe, you listen again, and of course, you go and grab your favourite book as well and celebrate how much you love them. Uh, I'll be back super duper soon. See you later. Bye.